What's up? Hello and welcome to that first episode of College Basketball Today with Tani Levitt. I am Tani Levitt, funny thing that, and I'm here to talk about some college basketball. This is the first episode, Thursday, November 26th. It is Thanksgiving. I hope you are catching this episode before the games tip off early this afternoon for you on the East Coast early in the morning for you on the West Coast, wherever you are catching your college basketball. I hope you're able to catch this episode before then. Um, But for now, thanks so much for tuning in. Really excited. Um, I recently became fun employed and I wanted to do a college basketball podcast while I figured out the next thing. So here we are. And it is yesterday was the first day of games in college basketball. And it's weird that feast week is when we're tipping off. But hey, it's college basketball, and I'm not complaining. There's a lot going on in the college basketball world, a lot that I'm not even going to catch on to today. Uh, There's COVID cancellations, there are people getting sick, uh, schedule problems, tournaments getting canceled, coaches leaving their programs a week before the season starts. We'll get to that eventually. But for now, I really just wanted to focus on today and yesterday's games. There's a lot going on, and... Honestly, I think right now that what's uh, most interesting to me is the fact that games are actually, actually happening. We've got Bubble Town. We've got Bad Boy Mowers out in, I think, South Dakota. we got games on campuses, and that is good news for anybody who loves college basketball. So college basketball today is just going to be my way of covering today and yesterday's games. We're going to have some good uh, segments. We're going to have some interesting sponsors that may or may not be made up. Uh, at least for now, they might be made up, but f- that's what we're going to do. It's going to be really focused. It's going to be in and out 15 minutes, I'm really hoping, every day. And so without further ado, uh, let's get on with it. So yesterday, Wednesday the 25th, there were some really good games, amazing tip-off. We had USC going to overtime, Loyola Marymount with a buzzer beater, Arizona State, Rhode Island. They played what I think is the game of the night. More on that later. Bradley versus Toledo, also a crazy game. Those were interesting. We're not going to talk about those. As it was the first series of games, non-conference for most teams, and uh, just regular old buy games, we saw you know a bunch of teams that we were excited to see, uh, you know, basically cover the spread, do what they were supposed to do. Houston, Iowa, Michigan State, even my Maryland Terrapins. More on that later. They took care of business. Minnesota, Ohio State, Michigan. Kentucky. A whole bunch of teams had buy games. They had teams that are not nearly as good as them. They paid them to come play in their stadium. And guess what? They took care of business. They weren't able to sell tickets, but okay, they had that home game and those teams looked good. We're not going to talk about those today, though I will mention, and we'll probably get to this on tomorrow's episode, Kentucky has an interesting game against Richmond on Sunday. Perhaps there is what to glean from this game. I'll probably be looking back at that to preview the weekend. What I do want to talk about, we got some interesting storylines from last night. We learned, I think, some interesting new information about a number of really good teams or confirm some information we might have thought but not been sure about. So that's really exciting. That's what we're going to do tonight. But first, let's get into our game of the night, and that is Arizona State versus Rhode Island. So the game of the night, Arizona State, 94, Rhode Island, 88, this is a really good one at the two campire classic. Arizona State has a lot of hype. Some good prospect coming in. Josh Christopher, a lot of talent coming back. Remy Martin, Alonzo Verge. They got what to build on. Interestingly enough, in the ESPN broadcast, they mentioned that Arizona State, the only 
Pac-12 team to make both of the last two tournaments. Obviously, no tournament last year, but that was interesting. So Arizona State coming into the year ranked 18th. They opened up hot to start the game, and yet, despite the fact that they had some pretty serious leads early on, it didn't feel like they were completely in control. Rhode Island was playing like shit, and as my dad mentioned, he was just like, I kind of feel like they're going to get back into it as soon as they start playing like a normal basketball team. And sure enough, by halftime, it was just a seven-point lead for Arizona State. And you look at the board, it's 48-41 at the half. There was very, very little defense in this game. A lot of points, a lot of fouling. And as Rhode Island got closer and closer into this game, we're looking at 5.55 left in the game. Arizona State is now down, 83-82. And huge, huge moment in the game. Fats Russell fouls out. He had four fouls in the first half, managed to make it three-quarters of the way through the second half without fouling up. But at the time, Rhode Island was winning. They go on to lose uh, the rest of the game by seven points. And you just look at those stats. I mean, Fats Russell wasn't the MVP for Rhode Island. I think that has to go to Shepard, who led the team in points. But when you look at the ball handling ability, Fat Russell running the offense, setting up everything, six assists, one turnover. The rest of the starters for Rhode Island averaged three turnovers a pop. And I think, you know, obviously that was an enormous turning point. Funny enough, there was a attack on um, Tayshawn Cherry just before and after he hit a three, and then attack on Bobby Hurley. And I was just like wondering. Are the refs going to be deciding this via technical fouls? I really hope not. But at the end of the day, we were looking at a game with over 80 free throws attempted, ton of turnovers, ton of points. Uh, honestly, I was surprised to see Rhode Island was this good, just barely uh, a top 100 team in Kempom. And Arizona State, I mean, that was really fun. A little surprised to see so little from Josh Christopher, the highly touted recruit shooting guard. But he had an enormous, enormous play. Up four with just a minute to go. Arizona State is on defense, and Josh Christopher slides off his man into the lane to take a charge. That pretty much sealed the deal. Arizona State scores on their next possession, and that's about game over. Really interesting stuff to watch here. I think Arizona State will give us a reason to uh, to keep an eye on the Pac-12, You know, one of potentially others, but Arizona State, a very interesting team. I think we also learned some interesting stuff about um, some other important teams. Oklahoma State was kind of tight late in the game against a team they probably should have beaten by a lot. They ended up winning by seven. Cade Cunningham, though, 21 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. This is what we signed up for, and that is interesting. It sure looks like it is going to be the Cade show down in Stillwater. More than enough reason to watch, but at least this original thing makes me wonder, are they actually even going to contend if he's on the team? First team All-American almost for sure, but the rest of the team, I don't know. North Carolina tied in the second half. That was weird against Charleston. I mean, that that was bizarre, but talent took over there. Saw the bigs really pounding it, and it just felt like Caleb Love could have gotten wherever he wanted. RJ was hitting his shots. This is a really strong team. Obviously, tremendous depth in the front court. We saw them. That was what was flexing. And the recruiting class obviously speaks for itself. Number two, according to 24-7 Sports, that was interesting as well. Villanova in a game late with Boston College. I had that game on in the background while I was preparing for something else, so I didn't really see it, but didn't expect that from a team that many had as a Final Four contender coming into the season. We'll have to keep an eye on it there. Illinois, holy cow. We're going to touch on this a little more later, but boy, did they come out strong today. But the two teams that I really feel like we learned a lot from and specifically when I say we learned, I mean, 
they showed us some new piece of information. Illinois, we knew they were going to be good. The question was how good. And, you know, Villanova, okay, so so we've got an eyebrow raise when we're thinking about them, but I'm not sure that we learned necessarily something new. They won a hard game against Boston College. Good for them. But Virginia and Memphis, I think we learned really valuable pieces of information about it. I mean, anywhere you look in the college basketball sphere, you're going to hear about Virginia today. Most points in a game in two years. Hauser, the transfer from Marquette, 19 points, exactly what the doctor ordered and exactly what uh, he was advertised as. So that's incredible. Transfer from Rice, hit his points. He got eligible an hour before the game. And what was interesting, to see them score 89 points, we know, we know that Virginia is going to defend. And that's been a thing for years. I mean, Coach Bennett has them. They always, always defend. And this might be one of the best defensive unit Coach Bennett has uh, had at Virginia. And if they're going to be able to score like this, obviously not every day they're going to score 89 points. But let's just look at what Ken Palm and Vegas had, what they thought Virginia was going to score, 69 points, outscoring what the math said they were going to put up by 20 on opening day. That is interesting new information for me from Virginia. That was the question that I had about them. If they're going to be putting up points even close to this, if they can get to 70 points a game, like, okay, they, they, they just might be start and end of college basketball if they can play on both sides of the ball just like that. Memphis played a team that coming into the game, I would have thought was relatively on their level in St. Mary's. Such a bizarre year for the Tigers last year for Coach Penny. When you think about James Wiseman was supposed to be the guy. They had this heralded recruiting class, number one in the country. Wiseman suspended. Wiseman comes back. Wiseman leaves. Boogie Ellis gets hurt. Players in and out of the lineup. Precious Achua all of a sudden steps up. Everything was in flux. And yet, despite it all... They got better and better as the year went on. And so with that in the back of my mind, I wondered, is Penny a really good coach? Because it really feels like he is. And he is getting his team to play better than people expect of them. And Memphis went out and won by, I think, 27 against St. Mary's, a game that Ken Palm had them favored, I think, five. And yeah, four, Memphis, 71 St. Mary's 67, according to Ken Palm's projection, 73-56, Boogie Ellis dropping 24 points. One of the nice things about this Memphis team is bringing back just a tremendous amount of experience. Obviously, Musa Cisse comes into the mix, five-star reclassified to play center, anchored the defense in much the same way Precious Achua did last year. I spoke with Brooke Anson from 24-7 Sports' Memphis site back in the offseason, and he said... I know everyone thinks Houston is significantly better in the American. I really think that Memphis is good enough. Well, after tonight, Memphis is 39th in Ken Palm, and they are quickly on my radar as a team to watch this year. So those those are a couple teams that I learned about. After We're going to take a quick ad break. And after the break, we'll talk about a couple interesting storylines, maybe not at the top of the AP rankings, and my picks for tomorrow, how to prepare, which games to watch. So stay tuned. College Basketball Today with Tani Levitt is sponsored by Generic Granola Bar. Generic Granola Bar is really great because it comes in all sorts of flavors. No matter what you're doing, whether you're going on a hike, you're watching college basketball with the bros, you're going to play ball in the yard yourself, or maybe you've just cooked a turkey that you don't want to eat, whatever it is, if you're hungry, Generic Granola Bar is there to fill you in. 
You've got 30 different flavors from vanilla, blueberry, chocolate chip. I personally feel that the pumpkin flavor of generic granola bar is very appropriate for this time of year. No matter what flavor, it's going to fill you up. It's healthy for you. It's got at least three things in it that doctors say are great. Those are things that could be great for you. Generic granola bar, the sponsor of the College Basketball Today podcast, and an absolutely good way to fill your stomach with absolutely real food. All right, and we're back. I'm just wiping away the crumbs from my amazing generic granola bar that I was just eating during the break. Like I said, pumpkin flavor, cop a generic granola bar wherever you get generic granola bars from podcasts. Absolutely, you should do that. So some interesting storylines from last night. Um, let's start in Wake Forest, winning 111-55 to 55 over, honestly, I forget who, not so important, but Wake Forest lost their coach. Wake Forest fired former coach Danny Manning maybe a month and a half into the pandemic. And that was weird. People didn't expect him. He had just re-signed his contract. So out goes Danny Manning. And along with Manning, when all of Wake Forest's best players, and it's not like Wake Forest was so great last year, Steve Forbes comes in from East Tennessee, and he is recreating a team from scratch, a terrible recruiting class, lost players from last year, filling out with players from from wherever he can. And guess what? Wake Forest opened the season with a 56-point win in which they gave up 55 points. And I'd say that's a pretty decent start to the Steve Forbes era in Wake Forest. No matter how this season pans out, it's not going to be like it was today. But I just think that's a nice little story over there. It is absolutely a weird season in college basketball. And one of the weirdest things is that I noticed that Callan, Oregon State, Two teams from the Pac-12 are playing each other tonight, and what is particularly interesting to me is I wonder when the last time was that a Power 6 team played a conference game on opening night. Power 6 team from like Big East and up, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, SEC, Big 10. Have any of those teams opened up conference play on the first night? in a normal year? I don't think so. So when I saw Cal playing Oregon State, that was weird. Interesting, interesting thought. A year ago last night, the eve of Thanksgiving, you know what happened on that night? Stephen F. Austin went into Duke and beat Duke. And what a night that was. Holy crap. I had just flown from Nashville to my parents' house in Maryland. And I was like headachy and ready to go to bed. And then this game just went insane. An interesting thing to think about, different world that we were living in a year ago, different college basketball world even, that we were living in a year ago. We're already a few weeks into the season now. This is opening night, but you know what? It's a good memory to have anyway, because f*** Duke. I'll give them their fair share, you know, on the podcast, but like, okay, you know what? I'm a Maryland kid, so screw them. Last point, last interesting storyline from last night, so many teams scoring so many points. You're just scrolling through the... the um. The scores from last night, 123 to 120 Georgia State over Georgia Tech in quadruple overtime and tons and tons of other 100-point games. Like I said, Wake Forest dropped a 111 burger and Illinois 122. Boy, were they good. I mean, Adam Miller just dropping trays. Ayodesumu 28, 10, 5, and I think it was 23s for Illinois. That is absolutely my team to beat in the Big Ten. They were incredible. Tons of teams. Texas Tech over 100 points. Nebraska over 100 points. Xavier over 100 points. 
Oh my God. So many teams. And he's just like, it's good to see basketball, you know, like it's not clean basketball. It's not amazing defensive basketball. It's not like people are running in and out of their sets, but we're seeing good basketball and to see all these points. Oh, I like it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I jip Wake Forest defense. I'm, I'm up to their thing now. They beat Delaware State 111 to 51, not even 55 points for Delaware State. That's tough. Like I said, not, not the tightest uh, competition, but still UTEP 100 points. My points is a lot of points, and that's great. Um, and that is that is uh, my last interesting storyline from last night. I would love to see some more points. You know what? In January, in, in the in the depths of winter, in, in the depths of conference play, when hopefully there's still college basketball going on, then we can have defensive sh- uh, showdowns. But right now, to tip off the college basketball season, I am down for points. All right, last segment. And what I want to do, I want to look forward to today's games today, Thanksgiving afternoon. And the question always is on Thanksgiving and on any other day when there are a whole bunch of games on, you know, which game, which game am I going to watch? And I've been ruminating on this idea of like having the TV on all afternoon and either if you leave it on only one channel, what's the best game? I think that's something I want to talk about later later in the season. Or what would be the best group of games in every time slot to have on? And so for that, I wanted to look at the slate of games today and pick if you had to take only one break and watch college basketball the whole day, except for one lunch break, when, how would you do that? And so I created a list and I have a nice little segment. It's called the eighth period picks of the day. And of course, why, why eighth period? Well, let me tell you a story. When I was in 10th grade, I had a teacher who taught me in eighth period. Uh, he taught, it was Bible. I was in a Jewish school. And and all he wanted to do was teach me and the ninth and 10th graders in his eighth period Bible class, uh, I think, the book of Exodus. And, well, we were had other plans often. We goofed off. And one day, he shows up, and he's so pissed off that, that we're disruptive. He says to us, my day was perfect until eighth period, and then implies that we ruined it. And it's such an interesting concept. Like he, as a teacher, he had nine periods of the day to get through. That's how many classes we had uh, in the high school that I went to. And he had to get through nine in order to have a perfect day. And he had gotten all the way through seven to have a perfect day. And so what is a perfect college basketball day tomorrow? Here is my guess. Here are the eighth period picks of the day for November 26th, Thanksgiving 2020. Memphis and Western Kentucky start the day off noon on ESPN. ESPN is going to be a favorite for the rest of the day. At 1.30, even though Memphis and Western Kentucky probably won't be over, you're going to have to move over to Fox because, well, the number one team in the country is playing the number four team in the country, and that'll do it. I'm sorry, number five. Gonzaga, Kansas, that is going to be the absolute haymaker after haymaker. That's the game of the day. Then... After that game is over, you can tune back into ESPN for the second half. West Virginia against VCU. Uh, West Virginia, a top 15 team. VCU, similar style. Could be interesting. Take a break for food and be with your family because that's what this day is all about. And then come back to the tube at 7 p.m. for Rhode Island against Boston College at 7 on ESPN. And of course, each of these teams put up a real good fight. Rhode Island against Arizona State in today's game of the day. Boston College against 
Villanova and probably what was number two on today, I would have to say. So two really scrappy teams made real good showings yesterday, even if they couldn't knock off ranked opponents. That'll kick your evening off at seven and then stay on ESPN because at 930 Arizona State and Villanova, two teams that won last night looked really good, especially on the offensive end. They're going to face off two ranked teams need to see that that is how we're going to end our night. And that is how we're going to end this episode of college basketball today with Tani Levitt. We're going to be here every weekday talking about college basketball until time immemorial. And that's obviously a promise I can't deliver on, but I'm going to try it anyway. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you give five stars, rate and review, tell a friend, any of your college basketball people want to hear about what happened to college basketball last night want to know about what games to watch today this is the show to do it i am tiny levitt this is college basketball today with tiny levitt and until next time i will see you later